thank you, Lord, that as we open up our mouths here this morning, that you're going to fill it. We give you complete control in everything we say and everything we do. It's all about you. It is not about us. Amen. So today we're going to dive into more of the message on do you know Holy Spirit? And we're going to find more nuggets today. So we talked about Jesus, who was the first one to introduce the Father. And later when Jesus was baptized, the Father introduced the Son. The Father addressed Jesus as his Son again at the Transfiguration and also spoke to Peter, James, and John to listen to Jesus and obey. Now, do you think that was just for Peter, James, and John? I think we're supposed to listen and obey too, right? So now Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. That is a message. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and stand by. Wow, we have all of him inside. We have all of that. And he will be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he is the Holy Spirit. He remains with you continually and will be in you. So this proves that Holy Spirit is a person. So we talked about that. A noun is a person, place, or thing. And a thing can't pray or speak, and neither can a place. So notice the words remains with you continually and will be in you. Just a little bit of review here. And as long as Jesus was with them in person, Holy Spirit was not in them, but will be when Jesus is no longer with them when Jesus goes back to heaven. Then Jesus gives the disciples some bittersweet words. You know, he's letting them know, this is who's going to come for you, but I have to go. So to me, that's bittersweet. He's letting them know, you've got a comforter, you've got a counselor, you're going to have all this, and he's going to be in you, not just beside you, not just walking with you, but he's going to be in you. And so we have established this. Therefore, because Holy Spirit is a person, he has a mind, he has thoughts, and he has, a, he has desires and emotions, feelings. He has all of that. So last week we talked about the Holy Spirit being our helper. And if you missed that, it is on the podcast. I did put it back on Anchor Podcast. So... This week, we're going to talk about Holy Spirit as our comforter. Now, there are different definitions for a comforter. One is a person that provides consolation. And the Holy Spirit brings us comfort through God's written word and also through his spoken word directly to us. God's word says in Isaiah 55, 11, God's word that goes forth from his mouth will not return void but will accomplish what he desires and will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. We have that promise. 
God's word does not go out and return void. It does not come back with no answer. Every time we speak out to the Lord, every time we talk to him, there's an answer on the way. We just don't know what the answer is, but he's always got one. So when we accept Jesus into our heart, the Holy Spirit comes in and lives in our spirit. We begin walking the path that Jesus calls us to with all the comforts of home. Holy Spirit is inside of us, and believe me, he doesn't come to just rent a room. He comes to stay. He wants to make himself available to us all the time, and he wants to feel at home in you, in your spirit. So when trials begin to come, our foundations begin to shake, don't they? We have trials in our life. Everything has been really good. And all of a sudden, you know, that foundation is shaking. And the question is, what are we going to choose? Are we going to choose to get fearful and worried and anxious? Or are we going to hold on and stand firm in God's truth? talked about truth in that one song that we were singing. Are we going to hold on to God's truth? Well, what is God's truth? I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always here for you. I love you. You are my child. You are my precious. You are my um, shining star. That's how he sees us. And so are we going to hold on to that? Or are we going to, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to believe it? Because you see, when we have trials and tribulations in our life, push comes to, sh uh, to shove, are we going to believe? Are we going to trust? Or are we going to go into a self-pity like I wanted to one day? <laughs> Sometimes we go into self-pities, don't we? Well, I was going through some really tough situations and I was finding myself being tempted to sit in self-pity. Now, none of you do that, right? Nobody sits in self-pity, right? <laughs> but I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, are you gonna choose to feed your flesh or your spirit today? Well, when Holy Spirit says that to you, what are you gonna say? My spirit. <laughs> I'm going to choose to feed my spirit. And you see, I hadn't fed it yet. Just like we have food that we have to eat every day to keep our bodies nourished, we have spiritual food that we have to have every day to keep our spirits nourished. And so, will you allow yourself to entertain thoughts that feed your flesh of negativity? Or... Will you choose to praise him and speak his word over your situations that feeds your spirit? And will you choose life in the spirit and death to the flesh? You see, because when you choose life to the spirit, you choose death to the flesh. Because more and more, your spirit, remember I had said, your spirit's to overwhelm the flesh. In other words, it's to get more and more and more, and your flesh is to get less and less and less. Your flesh has to die. Now, flesh doesn't die without putting up a fight, does it? <laughs> it's like a little two-year-old saying, I want my way. I want this. I want that. And sometimes we want to sit in a dark room of negativity and just stare and not read or say anything. But God has created man to live in the spirit. And when our journey on earth has ended, 
the flesh is going to die. And the spirit's going to live on in heaven or in hell, wherever we choose in this life. God gives us a choice. We have, and we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, which is one whole fruit. But in that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, faithfulness, goodness. It's all there. And he wants to serve us daily. That's what he wants to give us every day. Bible says in Psalms 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Now, what's that mean? Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. We are blessed. We are fortunate. We are happy to be envied by others because we trust and we take refuge in him. So just as we must choose daily to nourish our bodies, we must choose his food of our spiritual nourishment. Every day we've got to choose it. And, you know, do you ever notice the days that you're so busy and it's like, oh, I don't have time? How, how's that going for you? <laughs> A lot of times it doesn't go very good. But if I take that time and I sit before the Lord before my day starts to really start getting busy, it's amazing the hours and the time that he gives me extra that I'm able to get more accomplished. Because we tithe. We tithe our money, but we tithe our time. God wants us. I remember one time I was coming down the steps and I saw in a vision Jesus was sitting on my chair. He was waiting for me and he kind of motioned, come sit on my lap. He wants us to sit on his lap every day and spend time with him. That's how we get through this life. And more and more and more, and I'm going to say this, we must. It is a necessity to spend time with the Lord. We need that. And he wants that. He's our father. He loves us. So we also have a choice to feed our flesh and allow the negativity to remain, which what does what? It produces a depressed state in our emotions. If we just sit there and don't feed our, feed our spirit, and we just sit there and we just stare into space, and what are you thinking about? What do you think the enemy does? He just pushes all that negativity into your mind. And then you're going to have to say, uh-uh, no, I'm not choosing that. Now, my daughter just told me something that really excited me because I've been teaching her who she is in the Lord. And she told me that um, she was on her way to work and she started a new job um, in hospice. And so when you're starting a new job, there's a lot of things that you have to conquer a lot of new things that you've never done before and so she has a whole different situation now and she said on her way to work she had all these negative thoughts that started coming in what's the matter with you why are you doing this you can't do this you're not smart enough you're you're never going to be able to do this now she's had these thoughts before but she took notice to them now. She recognized them. You see, sometimes we just entertain them over and over and over and over again. But she did not entertain them. 
she said, I am a child of God and I can do all things because Christ is in me. So that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I will tell a little bit later on here why that is so amazing for my daughter to say that because she never paid attention to any of that. And I've really started talking to her. She's been having more dreams. She's been having more uh, that the Lord is talking to her. And she's there, Mom, Mom, what's this, what, what's this about? And that should give us courage, encouragement. When you're praying for your children, when you're praying for your grandchildren, don't give up. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. And Romans 8, 8 says, So then those who are living the life of the flesh, which is catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. You catch that? If you are living for the flesh and you are not feeding your spirit and you keep entertaining all this flesh, all this fleshly stuff, you cannot please or satisfy God. And cater means to provide for the gratification of any needs or food. And that's what our flesh wants to do. It wants to cater to everything it wants. I knew that God was telling me that I had a choice to stay in self-pity or meditate and speak his words of truth because his words are truth. When I stay in negativity, that's the lying spirit. That's who Satan is. He's the father of lies. And the Amplified says, but those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. He speaks to them. You catch that? He speaks to them in their affliction. And I can tell you, when I've been down at the deepest depths, that's when I've met God even more. And I've gotten to know the Holy Spirit, and I've gotten to know him in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And I realized the love that he had for me in those valleys. You see, we can't stay on the mountaintops all the time. We do go in those valleys. But in those valleys, God meets us. And we have to hold on and believe and trust in him. But it's our choice. And choice is a privilege that God has given every one of us. Now, Satan entices us with hidden evils, with mercilessness and hatred that eventually brings death to the body, soul, and the spirit if we yield to that temptation. Sometimes, you know, there are things that maybe somebody's hurt us or wounded us, said something insensitive. We have a choice. Are we going to hold on to bitterness? Are we going to hold on to resentment? Are we going to hold on to unforgiveness? And sometimes it's hard to let go of that because you feel like, well, they did me in. But yet, it's hurting you. And God hurts when he sees his children hurting. God calls us into freedom. This evil persuasion is not from him who called you. He invited you to freedom in Christ. And that's Galatians 5, 8. 
That's where he wants us. He has a plan. He has a purpose for us. And if you remember the story of Job, oh, he had miserable comforters. <laughs> you know, they all knew what to tell him, but they didn't really know how to comfort him. But Holy Spirit comforts. He's there for us. He's there to put his arm around us, to show us things that we aren't even aware of. He's there to love us. And Job 16 says, I have heard many such things. This is Job. Wearisome and miserable comforters, you all are. <laughs> and sometimes we have miserable comforters. Because, yeah, maybe we did go and do against the, what we should have done. But do we need to be pounded on more and more and more and more? No, we don't. Sometimes it's just a matter of sitting there, listening to them, and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in the midst of it, to comfort that person. Maybe you've been a miserable comforter. <laughs> Someone's going through a trial. Oh, you know why they're in that trial. <laughs> but it's not for you to say. It's for you to love, not to judge. Not to criticize. Maybe someone has been a miserable comforter to you when you've gone through a hard trial. The Holy Spirit is the best comforter. We need him to ask for words for others, not just blurt out something of the flesh. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you say in the midst of this? What is it that you have? What comfort do you have for that person? And then David, he had all kinds of adversaries, you know, and he says in Psalm 69, reproach and insults have broken my heart and I am so sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. There was none. You see, David needed that comfort from other people, but he didn't get it. And sometimes we just don't get it from other people but we can get it from Holy Spirit. Instead of giving David the comfort that he needed, they added to his afflictions. Holy Spirit gave David these words to describe his intense suffering. Little did David know that eventually these words would literally be the sufferings of Jesus. And for comforters, but I found none, and they self-righteous hypocrites also gave me gall, poisonous and bitter for my food. Remember when Jesus was getting that? And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. David penned those words in Psalms through the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what took place. Jesus. David depended on God to comfort him in all his trials. 2 Corinthians says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation, 
that we may be able to comfort those in any trouble. Have you been comforted by Holy Spirit? That enables you to comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Holy Spirit is also the best counselor. He's a comforter and he's also a counselor. And he's the best one that we could ever have. So in defining a counselor, it's a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, psychological problems. A counselor is a confidant, a coach, an advisor, and a mentor. Now, Holy Spirit can give you a whole new perspective. That's the counseling. He can give you a whole new perspective on something, a situation or a person. And guess what? He doesn't charge anything. There is no money involved. When you go to a counselor, there is. But you can go directly to your counselor, and he doesn't charge you, and you can talk to him at any time. You don't have to make an appointment. He's there for you. In Daniel 4, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him and could not be interpreted by any of the ones in the kingdom. So Daniel was called to interpret the dream. This is the interpretation, your majesty. This is what he told him. And this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord the King. You will be driven away. Now, how would you like to have to give that? (laughs) You, to a king? You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by you, and you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its root means that your kingdom will be restored when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Now, he didn't just let him sit there. Be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then that your prosperity will continue. So King Nebuchadnezzar heard all of that. He didn't let him just sit and tell him, okay, this is what's going to happen. He gave him something that he could do. He needed to renounce those sins. But King Nebuchadnezzar was full of pride. And so in verses 29 to 34, it says, All this that Daniel heard from the voice of Holy Spirit happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. So now Daniel has heard it, and now a year later, King Nebuchadnezzar hears the same word. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built 
Woohoo! Look at me! <laughs> you know? Look what all I've done! See, that's, that's where pride. He didn't give God any credit whatsoever. It was all about him. Is not this that I have built by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? This is all about me. Look, look at this kingdom. Oh my goodness. Look at this. The Bible says, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. And seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like the ox and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. Now listen to this because you're wondering what in the world, what's going on here? At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, it was seven years, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High God. I honored and I glorified him forever. Sometimes it takes going into the depths, hard times, consequences. Sometimes people have to go so far left in order to go so far right. I'm sure that was hard to see. I'm sure that Daniel did not want to see that. He wanted him to repent, but he did not. Do you know that we can grieve and or quench the Holy Spirit? So what does it mean to quench him? The Holy Spirit is a fire dwelling in every believer, and he wants to express himself in action and attitude. When we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be seen in our actions, when we know what is wrong and do it anyway, we quench the Spirit. And 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench, that means subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies spoken revelation, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good and hold firmly to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. Now, some of us are parents, some are grandparents. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about how much you love your children and your grandchildren. You love them so much. But when you see them going wayward, doesn't that break your heart? Of course it does. And I believe it breaks the Father's heart. It breaks Holy Spirit, his heart. Because he sees us not doing what we're to do. 
And he's talking to us all the time. He's always there. Come on. Come on. No, you don't want to do this. You want to do this. No, you need to forgive. No, I don't want you to stay bitter. Bitter's going to hurt you. I want you to be better through this. Not bitter. And then Ephesians 4 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And just as a person can be grieved, so can Holy Spirit, since he's a divine person. So how do we grieve him? And there's all kinds of things in this scripture that says, and I'm just going to go through some of them, by lying, by being angry, by stealing, by cursing him, by being bitter, it's all in Ephesians, by being unforgiving, and by being sexually immoral. To grieve the spirit is to act out in a sinful manner, whether it is in thought only or in both thought and deed. Now, many years ago, and I told you earlier to what my daughter said, many, many years I kept praying and praying and praying for my daughter because when she left our home many years ago, I drew her a map and I showed her that this road leads to the good things, this road over here, and I told her she's at a crossroads, and this road over here is going to lead to all different consequences. At that point, she chose the wrong road. It broke my heart. And I remember years and years and years of crying out and praying and just seeking the Lord. And one night, I just was so down. And I went to bed, and I had this dream. And I saw my daughter in a well, and she kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into this well until she hit bottom. But when she hit the bottom, Jesus was at the top of that well with his arms stretched down to pull her out of that well. And I saw that take place. Now, it was still a slow turn, but I am seeing things that are taking place. Am I seeing it all? No, but it's getting more and more and more. And so we keep seeking, we keep crying out, Holy Spirit hears. He gives us words, words of comfort, words of encouragement. He strengthens us. He helps us. He lifts us up where we don't even know how in the world sometimes we're going to make it, right? Some of you are going through some hard situations, really tough situations. Some of you have health problems. And we can take a look at these problems or we can say, God, it's not my problem, it's yours. I'm giving it over to you. Because I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to rely on you, and I'm going to cling to you. And that's where he wants us to be. So, Isaac, I'm going to ask you to put on a little bit of soaking music. Okay, I just want to make sure you were there. <laughs> And I just want to take a couple minutes and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit 
what he is saying to you through this message. This message is, is all about the Holy Spirit, making it all about him and not about ourselves. In the same sense, it's not to put you down in any way, it's to lift you up, to know that he is the lifter of your head. That he is here. He is your encourager. He is your comforter. He is your counselor. You need words from him. He's your counselor and he's got wisdom. The best wisdom. He's got more than what we could ever think or imagine. So think about this. Are you carrying bitterness? Are you carrying resentment? Are you carrying anger? Are you carrying unforgiveness? And oh, he understands. He understands. If you've gone through something really hard or still are going through something, oh, he understands. And I can just see him sitting beside each one of you and putting his arms around you and just loving you. Because you see, we all need love, don't we? We all need to be held. We all need to be feeling the presence, his presence. His presence that is real. His presence that says he'll never go away. We may lose people here on this earth. We can never guarantee we're going to have somebody here tomorrow. But we can guarantee that we'll always have him. That he's there as our comforter and counselor. He wants to speak to all of you this morning because he wants you to experience the true freedom that he has for each one of us. So I'm gonna have you just take a couple minutes and seek him. <laughs>